Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to have with us today Dr. Kasha Kynes. She's a doctor of clinical nutrition, the CEO of Holistic Nutrition Naturally, and Epstein-Barr Virus Educational Institute. She is a board-certified nutrition specialist, certified nutritionist licensed by Washington State with two master's degrees, including a master's in clinical nutrition from the prestigious Bastyr University. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, The Epstein-Barr Virus Solution. She also certifies practitioners in her EBV clinician training program. And finally, she runs an online EBV recovery class. Dr. Kynes has been in clinical practice since 2005, providing individualized support to nearly 2,000 clients with complicated health issues, especially GI and autoimmune issues, with EBV, Epstein-Barr virus, being the main focus in the last few years. Her virtual practice serves clients nationally and globally. Dr. Kynes currently lives in Seattle with her family. Welcome. We are so happy to have you. Thank you, Kelly. It sounds very official. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done all that. You're the one who's made it official sounding. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here and spread the word. So I am ready for any question. Yeah. So, you know, I'd love to just dive right in. What actually became the impetus for you becoming so passionate about Epstein-Barr virus? And, and I know that you'll dive into a little bit about what it is, mm-hmm. uh, but was it was it something that you yourself dealt with or was it a, a loved one or did you just have a bunch of patients that were coming Mm -hmm. your direction that were implicated in in this um, illness as well? Oh boy, I I guess uh, a couple of things. First of all, um, when you you work through functional nutrition practice um, and you do it full time and you're really focused, you start attracting more and more complex cases so your morale starts decreasing because there are certain cases when you hit the wall and no matter how good you are you just are not able to move that needle for the for the person and so that was that was where i was and i know i'm not the only one um and so one day one of my uh, patients said well there's this book, you may want to read it, tell me what you think about it, and another person, and another person. And so when a couple of people were asking me to write a, read a book and comment on it, I needed to take a look at it to have an educated conversation, an intelligent view of it. Um, so I grabbed the medical medium book, and I read it on a plane to a medical conference because I didn't have time to read otherwise. And so, and so when I was reading it, um, it, it, it doesn't matter, you know, what where the messenger comes from. What I was reading through the pages of the book was it, it sounded like my patient population. It sounded like particular patients that I couldn't, um, I couldn't help a year ago or half a year ago. It just sounded so um, appropriate for where I was and where I was stuck. All my Hashimoto's cases, for example, this and that. So I was struck 
with this concept of Epstein-Barr virus. I even started to remember some of my complex patients that were going from Hopkins to neurologists to here to there, trying to figure out what was happening. And there was one case, she was in her 20s. And I then remember, oh my gosh, she did have a test for EBV done, but who knew and what it was and what to do with it, I would have never known. And so from that point, um, I, uh, through circumstances, I decided to do uh, medical literature review as part of my PhD program and the rest is history because I thought if if 50% of this is true if 25% of this is true well what can I verify in literature actually because there are many claims in the book and this is a spiritual messenger so it has this is not uh, this is not research this is not evidence-based so uh, and I knew he, he was getting traction. A lot of people were following, starting to follow him. And so I thought that my job would be to bridge the gap between the medical community and what the spiritual realm is saying, if it's true or not. What can I verify? So I can fill the gap and provide information for anyone that is looking that is uh, based in research. But he definitely, uh, medical medium, definitely set me on that journey. Without his opening the door, I wouldn't have the courage to say, well, maybe there's a virus and it's this big umbrella over things. Maybe we need to look at it because this information was not available anywhere. So I, I really credit him for opening that door for everyone. But, you know, then at that point, he was uh, generating traction. You can imagine on the other extreme, extreme of spectrum, you have medical community and suddenly you have thousands of people reading medical medium and knocking on the doors and demanding that doctors test their EBV. And imagine doctors being frustrated because their, their uh, training says that everybody has the virus, everybody has the antibodies, and they will literally tell the patients, I'm not going to test your virus because you have it. Everybody has antibodies. I'm not going to spend your money. It's pointless. Uh, the interpretation is wrong. It's obsolete. You know, the markers sometimes are not tested properly. Sometimes the most important marker is missing from the testing. So it was when I was starting to read and, you know, when I, when I started to read research on actually testing, I was blown away how inappropriate it was in medical practice because I was... I was getting a lot of people, uh, social media communities when I was involved, when I saw patterns and I saw what was happening to people uh, for years. So that's one layer of the story. But another layer was that I did lose a dear friend of mine in Poland and um, uh, oh, very untimely to the complications of a mess. And um, we will never know what happened, but I always ask myself, why didn't I know? What didn't I know? Why couldn't I help her? What is it? And as they say, as you keep asking the universe for the answer, the answer will start presenting itself. And so that took me on the trajectory because uh, the loss, you know, she has a surviving son in his 20s. Um, she was left by her husband. She, she just it was just such a tragedy, and um, and I didn't have a chance to say goodbye. I didn't have a chance to to go back to Poland and hold her hand, and it just so it was just very painful for me to be in this vacuum. And so I think that's what drives me when I see people that suffer, and I see so much suffering. I've seen such cases of EBV. It's it's so tragic, 
it's almost like I see her and, you know, I couldn't help her, but I can help these people. They don't have to die. Um, so I think that actually that spirit of hers has been with me all this time. I think she's um, she's behind. She's manipulating the universe. She's behind <laughs> orchestrating Aww. things, making sure that we keep on the trajectory. I, I have a strong sense that she's present in all this process. And, um, and I'm actually going back to Poland first time. I hope to visit her grave because I haven't been there for, for years now. So it's going to be good to reconnect with her, at least this way. Wow, what a beautiful story mm. and how awesome that she's able to be a part of all the great work that you're doing now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think, as you mentioned, people are familiar with EBV or at least have seen it in the media. Um, but can you really break it down for us and tell us what, what it is and how it differs from other viruses? Yes, my pleasure. Um, apparently, this virus has been around for million plus years and yes most of us carry the antibodies to it and for most people it's not a problem uh, for some people it will be and the long-term repercussion is that you can develop mono some people don't remember having it mono is the acute infection when you feel like a truck run you over sometimes you're bedridden you can't you your fatigue is uh, overbearing it's not a fatigue of being tired. It's a, it's an overbearing fatigue when you cannot even lift your finger or walk from the co from the sofa to the kitchen. That's the kind of fatigue. Uh, <clears throat> could be throat problems, lymph lymph nodes, uh, uh, larynx, pharynx, uh, tonsils sometimes. Um, so it, it's like a very bad flu that doesn't go away. And so it typically is supposed to uh, <coughs> last a few weeks. But in some cases, it just doesn't go away, it changes your life. So what happens is, uh, over the years, people can develop autoimmunity. It's probably the only virus that causes it uh, through different, um, different pathways. One of them is citrullination. So it can uh, absolutely trigger autoimmunity of different kinds. And... We created a website for EBV. We have a list of a lot of medical conditions that are either caused by EBV or associated with it. But just to name some of the big ones that um, a lot of women suffer from, Hashimoto's, for example, even Graves, um, so thyroid involvement. And that can trickle, trickle into even thyroid cancer. There's, there's types of cancer related to thyroid that are driven by EBV. And the point is that it is so pervasive. It's oncogenic, so it's not just thyroid uh, cancer. It can be different types of cancer. I went to a new hairdresser just on Monday, and uh, we conversed, and you would never know, but she told me she had she, a young woman, 39, two little kids, and last year she had her thyroid completely remo removed, and then... Um, radioactive uh, iodine was used so the woman is on synthetic thyroid and and when she told me what she had to go through and it came you know it just it was a it was she was as surprised as I would be if I was told about my thyroid it came out of nowhere she had no support nobody warned her uh, what would happen after surgery and we look up um, her thyroid cancer and it is related to EBV. And my concern immediately is 
this woman, they, oh, the, she said they removed uh, the tumor, but they were not able to remove all of it. And of course, she still has the virus. It's going to go somewhere else, whether it's connective tissue, whether it's liver, spleen, brain, you know, it could be the skeletal musculate, could be the vagus nerve. It travels and it implants itself and lives in a particular organ. So for me, it's like <laughs> she may develop other issues and I alerted her to it. She needs a team. She needs support. She had two little kids, no support from family really. She was on her own and she had to carry full-time job throughout this ordeal. And then of course, uh, taking thyroid out uh, and being on a new uh, synthetic T4 threw her into hell, emotional hell, um, physical hell, and she hasn't recovered. And so I'm sitting there, she's cutting my hair. And this is the reality of women in this country. We had a little teary eye, you know, hugging session at the end. <laughs> and so I immediately wrote down what she could do. But um, this is this is how pervasive the virus is. So immunity, autoimmunity can go in different directions, whether it's thyroid, whether it's lupus, whether it's diabetes type 1. We have research now showing that uh, it can cause um, celiac. It can cause celiac in people with genetic uh, predisposition to celiac. Uh, and then, of course, uh, different types of cancer, uh, inflammation of the brain. Um, the laundry list is very long. It can be misdiagnosed as, let's say, Crohn's. It can be misdiagnosed even as Lyme disease. Um, and the list goes on. So if you look at medical research, some researchers say if you are dealing with a chronic patient who has so-called idiopathic condition, or if the person is not responding to therapy, again, chronic conditions, uh, look into chronic EBV because that may be behind it. So it's, it's huge. It's, it's really, really huge and affects a lot of people. Wow, that's just incredible. I mean, in the back of my mind, I'm already thinking of several people yes. that I need to have this conversation yes. with. So out of curiosity, um, I use the GI map, which is stool-based testing. And so that's typically where we will pick up some Epstein-Barr um, issues, whether it's acute or chronic. Do you have specific testing that you like to recommend? I know you, you said there are some concerns about misdiagnosis, which makes complete sense. And yes. I'm sure it's kind of diving down the proverbial rabbit hole when right. um, you know clinicians are uh, kind of adverse to testing for mono, even though... Uh, they really need to. Um, right. Do you have preferred tests for looking at this virus specifically to see if it's acute or chronic? Yes. Um, well, I love GI map. That's what I use right now. Mm -hmm. but I can tell you I use it on most of my patients. Mm -hmm. And my history with it, I only had EBV flag once. Um, the, the problem with stool testing is that they're looking at DNA material and <clears throat> EBV only flags up with a DNA in the blood or in the stool for a fraction of a time, for a few short weeks, because it leaves the bloodstream, it leaves and it buries itself in uh, organs. So you're not going to see that, you're not going to, you, you can only track it by antibodies. So uh, I would never, you know, I would never make an assessment about EBV based on stool test. That's just, uh, I'll say that. Uh, and even uh, there is something called PCR, which is uh, looking for DNA material. I think it's blood test. That's commonly used in medical practice, but it's very expensive. And again, 
doesn't have good statistically good track record in medical literature even depending on the case but not in not in chronic EBV when you have reactivation it's more applicable to an uh, initial infection and unfortunately um, I would be hard-pressed to find people that are just coming up with the first initial ever mono mm -hmm. infection most most people have been have carried the virus for years uh, and then they get re reactivated for one reason or another. So the best way to still test is a blood test. Okay. Um, Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients. And it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. Weight gain is one of many symptoms that our hormones are in decline, especially as we navigate perimenopause into menopause. Dr. Anna, who is a great friend of mine, is an OBGYN who's treated thousands of women just like you and I who experience increasing dryness and even pain in the bedroom as they get older. Jolva is the solution Dr. Anna formulated for her own clients, and it has since been loved by over 100,000 women. It's a feminine cream with DHEA that helps the body regenerate moisture from the inside out. 92.8% of Jolva users experienced a significant improvement in the first four to eight weeks. Get 10% off your first purchase of Jolva by using the link dranna.com slash Cynthia. That's DrAnna.com, Cynthia, and get 10% off your first purchase. There are fortunately direct-to-consumer labs because another thing that I see, the pattern is that people suspect they have it and they have to beg doctor after doctor to actually test it for them. And that takes them two, three years just to get tested. And then let's say they test three markers and not four, and then it's wasted time. So people don't understand that they can they can find direct to to consumer labs, pay anywhere between one hundred one hundred fifty dollars out of pocket. Is it worth it? Yes. Get the lab. Um, we have a website. We have four examples of labs uh, on that website. When people can click and they will see the the four antibodies, they they just click pay, go locally, get that done independently, and then they can come back to that website page and look at my review of uh, lab interpretation. So they have a much better grounding. I like to teach people to fish uh, rather than give them fish. So I, I need people to be empowered and learn how to analyze their own uh, labs because it's not rocket science. Once you see there's a beautiful color graph on that website page, 
Um, and so you can see the patterns of different antibodies and I explain how to look at them. So anyway, you were asking about, um, the website is EBV help, uh, help as H E L P. That's the website we created, but the four markers would be the most important would be, uh, VCA IgG, VCA IgM, uh, uh, EA, I'm sorry, EA, uh, IgG and EBNA IgG. Some labs can also do EBNA IgM. That would be awesome if that's available. That's, uh, I think Quest has it available, but not everybody. So at least those four first ones, that's the standard. And then when you look at that, you can have a better picture of what's actually happening to a person. Can you talk to us about the differences between acute and chronic infections and how common each of those are? Um, hmm. So acute would be basically reactivation. So this is when the virus is lysing. So uh, what happens is when the virus infects you first time, you have the acute infection. Um, after a few weeks, um, it, it goes... It leaves the bloodstream, it goes for the cells, uh, it likes to live in your B cells, sometimes T cells, so your B cells, like say B as in boy. So <clears throat> it's gonna manipulate the DNA, uh, it's gonna manipulate the function of the B cells, it's gonna immortalize it, so they can't self-terminate, they are infected, but they can't self-terminate, they also lose the ability to communicate with other immune cells, so they come and terminate them. So you have this little bubble of kind of factories of uh, new virions. Uh, and uh, during the lysing, so there are processes that are happening inside those cells between reactivation, so so-called between in, uh, acute uh, stages. Uh, so there are there is some activity. They're not multiplying at that time, but when there is a reactivation, when there is an opportunity, uh, the new young viruses starts to start to uh, 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 multiply using the DNA in the nucleus of the B cell, creating RNA, and when they're ready, they literally lyse the B cell spill out and get into the blood. And for a few weeks now, while in the blood, they're gonna be traveling to organs uh, somewhere, whether again, spleen, liver, brain, connective tissue, wherever, thyroid, um, implant there and start doing the same thing. So understanding that most of the, most of its life, EBV is dormant, kind of latent. It's a latent stage, but it's not completely dead. It continues carving into the cells, carving into the organs, uh, doing damage. But the biggest damage is done when it's lysing. So the reactivation of the acute stage, it can be once a day, it can be once a week, it can be once a month, it can be once a year, it can be one every once every 10 years. Um, and it's very opportunistic. So when you need certain environment, certain terrain, um, for the virus to uh, to come back and lice and do the more acute damage. Does it make sense? That does. And, you know, one of the things that I'm sure our listeners, when they listen to the podcast, 
they're going to be curious what kinds of things will reactivate the virus. I I think I have some pretty good ideas, (laughs) but I would love to get your take on it. You know, what are the things Mm -hmm. that can put us at risk for reactivation of the virus? Mm -hmm. Some big things. Number one, um, number one will be stress. And it can be, I think the deeper the stress, the more personal the the stress, uh, the the better opportunity for the virus. And we're talking about losing your mother, losing your best friend, uh, having a life-changing accident, losing your job, getting a divorce, losing your home, you know, really, really severe stress that goes deeper, being betrayed. Really, uh, it's not so much the stressor, but the severity of how it affects a person. Uh, chemicals that are created during stress, including adrenaline and, and cortisol seem to be feeding grounds for the, like, uh, you know, this is like almost like a switch for the virus to, to lice. That's the biggest one. And the funny thing is I was, I was at a medical conference and some NASA researchers, uh, had, were conversing and giving lectures and I talked to one of them because I had found research that uh, if you're in space, actually, you have a higher risk of reactivation. <laughs> and so I was talking to one of those researchers, did you know that? And he says, oh, absolutely. They get antiviral medication prophylactically when they're in space. Huh. And so I always joke, you know, how can we outsmart uh, astronauts when they're in their prime? And yet, even there, it can be prone to uh, reactivation just because of the physiological, physical stress and changes in the environment that the body has to adjust to. And also, um, uh, I think uh, another problem is that the oxygen level is not stable. There's variances, and so you don't get enough of it. That can also have a trickling effect. But that's a different story. So anyway, the stress is number one of all the things I've seen. Also, research confirms it. Um, I think what's understated in this community is also Wi-Fi technology, smart meter technology. Um, That population seems to be really sensitive to it. And I used to think that the virus was feeding on it, but now I think that the virus is threatened by it. And when pathogens are threatened, like toxic molds or viruses, I think what they do is they create more toxic bacteria in self-defense. That's certainly true of toxic mold, because there there have been some studies on that, that the, they start producing, uh, when they're exposed to Wi-Fi, they start producing a lot more toxic material. So I think, I think that's probably what's happening with Wi-Fi. Um, there is a certain personality profile that often fits into people that actually get chronic EBV as opposed to those that will not. Um, we have a culture now, we have created the, the we call it EBV heroes. And um, the issue I see is that these people are more sensitive to subtle energies. They're more sensitive generally to people, to stress, they're overachievers, their personality, uh, type A personality, they're pushed too hard. Uh, you're going to see that pattern when you start thinking about it. Um, uh, I think you just described many of our listeners right there. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we, uh, the wonderful thing is that when you, when you understand that, 
people start people start addressing it and easing up on themselves. I mean, in in our masterclass program right now, I have a the, the silly questions would be, well, how many minutes can I can I cook things with olive oil with, without destroying olive oil, or how what is the best temperature to roast nuts with without destroying it? And I have to tell the lady. I need you to ease up and not worry that much. It really doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> and then she said, oh, yes, yes, thank you. It's a reminder. Yes, I know I'm a hero. I have this overdrive. I need to be perfect. It has to be like A+. plus. Yes, 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 it's a reminder. I have to take a deep breath and take it easy. So, yeah, the listeners that are really high-strung, overachievers, very successful professionally, you know, they travel a lot maybe, they are very active and successful. This is a, this is a community that is at a higher risk of really crushing um, if they don't start being more forgiving to themselves, being more gentle with themselves, slowing down, not having to be perfect, and not pushing enough. If you push enough, you can push yourself over and then your, your life will be altered and it's really not worth it. Yes, so yeah. true. Mm-hmm. So in addition to stress and on the opposite side of that, reducing and managing stress, what are some other lifestyle type interventions or, or otherwise that we mm-hmm. can use to either keep it at bay or once it's activated to kind of bring it back into control? Mm-hmm. So the wonderful thing is that... <clears throat> When I looked at research, let's say um, one big player is NF-kappa-B. It's a protein that is inflammatory. We have it inside our cells. It has some good functions, but it's it's too high in American diet. Um, it can be elevated from basically junky, crappy diet. <clears throat> and NF-kappa-B is what actually the virus uses it hijacks this NF-kappa-B and uses it for its own replication. So uh, what what I teach people is to decrease that NF-kappa-B. And it's very, very easy to decrease it. Just having quality foods, um, avoiding junk food. And there's a ton of fruits, vegetables, culinary herbs and spices like turmeric, uh, even chrysanthemum tea. People don't know it's an Asian tea, but it's delicious. You can buy it and drink it. There's so many NF-kappa-B quenchers, so to speak, in in your kitchen. (laughs) Um, There's a laundry list from research. Uh, It's delightful to see, oh, I have it in the kitchen, but I I don't use the spice. Why don't I throw it in the soup? And some of them also have very specific anti-EBV quality on top of that, like turmeric or chrysanthemum that that I mentioned. So it's very, very easy to uh, just by being mindful and educated to make those choices. You, you make them every single day and so many times there's basically uh, antiviral foods are foods that are high in antioxidants. So fruits and vegetables. And fruits are really the best because they are finger foods, they travel well, uh, they are sweet, people like it. Uh, they feed the brain, they have fiber, they have antioxidants, phytochemicals, and people have grown so afraid of fruits in this culture, <clears throat> which is unfortunate. And so the, the virus creates enormous amounts of free radical damage and oxidative stress. And so the best thing to curb it, and to curb this damage, 
and to protect the mitochondria is actually to to hit it with antioxidants. So at some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believe that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high-quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full-spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. With five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today risk free. They have a 365 day full money back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armour Colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armour's Colostrum strengthens immunity ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And Armour's colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. The the major part of the protocol, the supplemental protocol, is actually very high, uh, very strategic antioxidants 
that also have anti-EBV qualities. Uh, so that's another thing. Um, let me see. Uh, the interesting thing also is that as, if you look at research, as your nutritional status decreases, um, your, your, the aggressiveness of the virus increases. So that's another, another wonderful tool for a person like me, nutritionist, because that's what we do every day, is to train people to decrease the toxic load from foods. Uh, and that includes microwave, and that includes pesticides, and that includes uh, cleaning the water supply, air, um, all of that, so that you can increase your nutritional status. So these are very basic things, actually, and uh, interestingly, most of the foods, the natural foods, the whole foods, they are antiviral. We don't even know they are, but they are. So, so that's, that's it. That's a very simple trajectory, so to speak. And do you have favorite foods that you like to use? I know um, lemon balm tea is something that I will usually initiate. If, if GI map picks up, for example, I know that's not the preferred test. Um, if GI map picks up some Epstein-Barr virus when I'm referring them back to their um, local primary care provider, whether it's an MD or a nurse practitioner or a PA, um, I usually will kind of get started with some of those things. But do you have specific teas that you like to use or other, you know, easy things that people can integrate into their diet um, to help support their immune system? That is a wonderful question. And lemon balm is wonderful, 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 especially for thyroid dysregulation um, <clears throat> On top of that, well, I actually it's a great question because um, where where a lot of clinicians fail is where they're trying to support the immune system and their focus is herbology, and I see mixed results, and so that's not the path I take. So I use herbs as an adjunct because I want the people with EBV to have some kind of anti-EBV activity every time they open their mouth. So what I like to do is I like to say, okay, you're going to start drinking, sipping warm or hot herbal teas that are anti-EBV during your meals. And then as you travel, between your meals, fine as well. And so I have probably like 20, 25 different antiviral tea, herbal teas, <laughs> including the wonderful lemon balm. Um, Lemon balm is, is really great, uh, really great for women with uh, thyroid, whether it's up or down, whether it's Hashimoto or not. Uh, with Hashimoto's, once in a while, a woman doesn't respond well to it. So, you know, you try it and you see how you do. But it can be really wonderful. Um, one of my favorite teas, uh, in terms of what it does for EBV, is licorice tea, real licorice tea, but not everybody can handle it. So. I have reservations. I have to teach people how to use it and how to pay attention if it's a right fit for them. But that's a big, big superstar for me uh, in terms of anti-EBV uh, activity. Another one, there's so many. Ashwagandha, for example, if it comes in tea, that's harder to get. But that's an antiviral and also wonderful tonic for your adrenals, which oftentimes are really hurting. Um, when you have chronic EBV. There's so many. I have so many listed. 
I think I have a blog on the website when I actually list most of them and, and their qualities. So your community can read it in detail, but uh, depends on the season. If it's winter, I might also recommend uh, rosehip tea or hibiscus tea because they also have vitamin C on top of being antiviral. Uh, if they have a liver problem, which oftentimes happens, I might suggest uh, dandelion root tea or dandy blend. You can make uh, turmeric tea. You can make, uh, oh, what is it, uh, star anish tea. There's so many of them. <laughs> Well, that's a great list. That's a great starting yeah. list for sure. And I'm just curious, kind of when people come, when people come to you, I'm sure that they've been struggling with this for a while. What misconceptions do they have when they come to you? Mm, that's a great question. The first thing that people that we have to untangle is the people are paralyzed by anxiety and fear. Anxiety sometimes is partially driven by EBV physiologically. It's a physiological anxiety that is part of the symptoms. But there is a deeper layer when there is a deep ingrained anxiety and fear for your life. And sometimes literally people are feeling for their lives and for a good reason. But the biggest misconception is that the best they can do is manage. And that there's actually nothing that you can do that you have to wait it out. So I'll give you a tragic example of that. In my in one of my masterclass programs, um, I had a woman who told me where she had a viral encephalitis. She ended up in hospital. She was losing, uh, the virus was in her brain, in her ears, in the inner, uh, inner nerve, I guess, and it was damaging her hearing. So she was losing hearing in her both of her uh, ears and the doctors told her to wait it out and see what happens and she did so she listened and she waited and she lost 100% uh, hearing in that ear and she told me when she was hospitalized she read my book and that was the only thing that kept her going after reading the book she contacted me I was just starting the group she joined she had severe hearing loss already in her other ear to the point where when we started I was trans transcribing uh, our videos for her literally we were doing it for her so she didn't feel marginalized and um, no she couldn't really hear the live calls very well and uh, what I you know you don't know how your students doing online programs but after the program she told me that not only did she stop that uh, progression of, of hearing loss in her other ear but it decreased to a minor when it was severe already and it's a miracle <laughs> it's a miracle but now she is gardening she is doing yoga she's even cooking something that she dreaded and first time in six months she was able to actually go get in the car and go shopping which was not possible and people with chronic EBV will hear will understand that it was not possible for her to endure getting into a store it would be too fatiguing in and she was able to try some clothes on and go home and not crash so so this is what people need to understand 
it's not true that it's not um, curable, reversible, so to speak. And I'm not saying it's my opinion. I'm quoting uh, Dr. Flavin, who did a wonderful case report in 2006. Uh, she was able to reverse engineer uh, 50 enlarged spleens. That was acute form of EBV infection within 48 hours with very targeted supplement uh, protocol, which was very similar to what I have been doing. Uh, and so people need to understand that we can eventually have a conversation about EBV like we do about a common cold. When you get it, you jump on a protocol, two, three days, you brush it off, you walk away, and you continue living your life. This is my goal. And this is what happens in many of my patients and now I'm seeing it in the in the group uh, students. They're they're starting to uh, go that direction. Hello. Well, we are so grateful that we had the opportunity to have you here with us today and carve a little bit of time out of your very busy schedule. Can you share with our listeners? two key things that they can do for their health and wellness today, things they can easily implement? <laughs> number, one, <laughs> number one, I think the, the core issue uh, is we haven't talked about the more personal spiritual issues, but number one, and that's especially for women, is to know that you are enough. You mm. are enough as you are. You don't have to push. You don't have to overdrive. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You just can enjoy your life. So slow down and have more value in, in a moment. Have more pleasure. Have more joy. Do things that you love. That makes the virus impossible to thrive. So that's number one. And number two, enjoy whole foods. That's simple as that. Whole, unadulterated, delicious fruits vegetables, maybe, you know, just uh, some beans, legumes, simple, simple things, organic, um, breathe, be mindful, and slow down. Wow, the power of the mind-body connection, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I know that you've mentioned uh, your website once before, but if you could please let our listeners know what the best way is to get in touch with you and learn about the programs and how to work with you, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We created the website EBV Help, uh, E-B-V as in uh, Victor, H-E-L-P as in Paul, so ebvhelp.com. Uh, we try to put everything there. So if we have another group that we're going to launch, it's going to be there. We have a link to the book. We have a web uh, page for clinicians. Um, we have a waiting list now because I haven't relaunched it for a while. Uh, we have uh, medical conditions associated with, uh, with EBV. You will appreciate it because you can uh, click on any. I put a couple of studies next to each condition so it's clickable. Uh, the reference is clickable. It will take you to the abstract in PubMed. Uh, there is a complete page for lab interpretation, like I said. There's just a lot of information. Um, no matter where people are on this trajectory, if they don't know, they can click on a quiz and see if they have it. They can find the labs. They can uh, even find a, 
we have a couple of certified clinicians uh, on that website that they can reach out and work with. Um, so there's there's plenty of resources that we keep building. So this is a good <clears throat> this is a good website because if you have struggled with EBV or you don't know, you're not sure. I don't want people to go to millions of websites and spend three years going in circles and not really understanding it. Just go for the right information. And of course the book is great because it's almost 600 pages and it just walks through the research so you can give it to doctors. Many patients do. They just give it to doctors. They don't have time, but it's all in one place for them. Um, and they can give it to their nutritionist and nutritionists can pick up the book and they will, they will know exactly what to do because it's so heavy on, you know, the virus will really not like it. <laughs> Nutrition is simple but very powerful. <clears throat> so, so yeah, so that website is probably the easiest way to connect with us here. Um, and really I have the goal to completely change the way we look at the virus so people are not intimidated, people are not overwhelmed and they don't feel that they're dying and they have no support because that's just not right. Well, we appreciate you being here so much and we appreciate you giving our listeners hope and hope to all of the people that you work with too. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. And I definitely will um, connect with you before Mindshare because I would love to meet you in person in uh, August. I'm actually oh. traveling out with my family because my older son's birthday falls in that week. And mm -hmm. so we're just going to make a family vacation out of it. Oh, nice. Wonderful. Of course we will connect. It will be my pleasure pleasure. Uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And what we'll do is when um, we're getting ready to release the podcast, mm -hmm. my VA will reach out, she'll give you a graphic and give mm -hmm. you the link um, to Libsyn. So you'll be able to share it with your uh, list as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time Thank today. You. It was really a pleasure. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad that it worked out. And you know, sometimes I think the links for cast end up in spam. That's um, I need to add that to the list that my VA sends out because I know sometimes everyone gets a little concerned when they realize that all of a sudden they don't have the information they need. Have a wonderful okay, weekend. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. 
Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.